Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. Uh, joining us in this hour, he's uh, been with us. He's uh, been on the show, and he started back in January of 2011. Always a terrific guest to be interviewed and somebody who gives us great knowledge and food for thought. Fred Redman is International Vice President of Human Affairs for the USW, the United Steelworkers. More than a pleasure to have him on the show this afternoon once again. Happy Hump Day. Uh, Mr. Redman, thank you for joining us once again. A pleasure and an honor to have you with us, sir. Good afternoon. Well, good afternoon, Leslie. It's a pleasure being with you. Democrats are kind of arguing with Democrats, and specifically some Democrats in the Senate uh-huh. argued, and not just argued, but blocked consideration of giving President Obama power to accelerate a broad trade accord with Asia. And a lot of people are saying this is a rebuke that the president helped bring upon himself. Well, I think that uh, it's not necessarily a rebuke that the president has brought upon himself. It's a rebuke that the president's philosophy that trade is good for the economy and good for our country, which we and some uh, Democrats in Congress, along with organized labor, have a strong disagreement uh, with this president. Uh, Leslie, over the last uh, 30 years, we have not seen a trade deal in this country that have enhanced the uh, U.S. economy and have promoted U.S. jobs and to give this president fast-track authority where he negotiate with an up-or-down vote uh, without discussing the rules of the deal before the vote takes place is something that some of our friends in Congress uh, share our feelings that uh, it's not good for the American people and it's definitely not good for American workers. When we talk about trade deals and we talk about history and history repeating itself, which obviously is a fear with this, um, there are not just companies but entire communities in the United States that have been devastated by these trade deals because they were so badly flawed. They cost millions of Americans their jobs. Companies were forced to close. And, and again, you have companies affected, communities affected, uh, jobs affected. And the bottom line, this was not good for the American people because these were flawed trade deals like this that the president is uh, proposing and putting forth. Well, no, you, you, you're exactly right. Right. When we take good manufacturing jobs out of the community, uh, not only the workers in the, in the uh, particular plants, uh, that's being uh, that's losing their jobs because their plants and their jobs are being offshore. It's the entire community. The community lose a vital tax base. Uh, small employers in the community lose customers, and uh, these sort of deals have not proven to be good for the American people. And that's why, uh, you know, we're um, sending a strong message 
uh, to this president, along with some of our friends in the Congress, that uh, in the Congress and the Senate, in terms of saying that uh, you know we need more transparency, we need uh, those who advocate uh, in the Senate for uh, good-paying jobs, American jobs, is arguing uh, against uh, currency manipulation and other things that do vital harm to the American workers in these trade deals. That's why we're saying uh, the process needs to be open. It needs to be thoroughly discussed, and we have to make sure that uh, these trade deals going forward is not going to do irreparable damage to the American worker and to communities throughout this country. Mr. Redmond, as as you know, um, the president said today that Democrats have been spreading, or yesterday, uh, disinformation about the Pacific Trade Accord and the authority that he is seeking. And he singled out Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts for her role in opposing uh, the accord. Um, Do you feel like Senator Sherrod Brown, a Democrat of the great state of Ohio, said that the president has, quote, made this more personal than he needed to? Well, yeah, I share those feelings because, look, I mean, what uh, Senator Warren is doing is expressing the history of trade deals in this country you know, going back to NAFTA, we could look at CAFTA, we could look at Korea, we could look at the Colombian Free Trade Agreement. And what Senator Warren is, is just expressing is what those trade deals have done when, when presidents have been given fast-track authority to uh, negotiate those deals in private without the input from the Congress. Uh, Senator Warren is saying that these deals, the history of these deals, have not been good for the American worker. So, you know, look, the, uh, the the president, I understand this is a piece of his landmark legislation, and this is hard. This is hard for all of organized labor, and particularly I imagine it's hard for people like Senator Warren, who has uh, historically, you know, throughout um, President Obama's presidency, have been, supporter, have been supportive of a number of key issues, such as the Affordable Care Act. Uh, but, you know, I mean, this is an issue where the president is just wrong. And uh, I share Senator Brown's uh, commitment is that, you know, I think that the president has taken it personal and expected the same support that he has received from Senator Brown, Senator Warren, and other progressives in the Senate. But uh, this is an issue that's just too vital to the American public, uh, not just the American worker, but to communities and to the public at large that uh, these senators cannot afford to be quiet. We have to make sure that any trade deal that's passed going forward, just based on the history, is going to include safeguards that's going to protect the American worker. Only one Democrat did uh, support uh, or join Republicans in supporting, uh, debating, and voting on the legislation that would give the president authority to pursue uh, what everyone is calling the most sweeping trade accord since uh, NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement. That was more than 20 years ago. The procedural vote, as you know, fell eight short of the 60 needed. That Democrat was Senator Tom Carper of Delaware. Um, You know, Mr. Redmond, Democrats are very pro-union. They're very pro-worker. And they're uh, very pro-labor and and making sure that working conditions are, are appropriate and making sure that we're, you know, especially in the, in the past, since the uh, passage of NAFTA, uh, bringing jobs back to America after they had been shipped out and trying to keep factories here open and expanding those factories and, and really pushing people in key positions 
of authorities uh, within these corporations to open up uh, production and, and plants and bring uh, plants, manufacturing, and other areas uh, back here to the United States. Um, right. So when you have everybody except for one uh, Democrat uh, join and support to debate and vote on this legislation, that that speaks volumes. And, and the pre, you know the president the president cannot be deaf to this this loud chorus of the Democrats. Well, I mean, there's a um, there's a strong political push both ways in favor and and against this trade deal. The business community is really pushing because they view it as an opportunity to expand trade and to ship, be able to have a bigger market to ship goods to. And some of our friends in the uh, Senate and in the House, like Mr. Whiten, is, you know, uh, sympathetic to that position. Now, there are also some folks in the Senate that is, um, uh, you know, have a history and seen the devastation in communities in which they represent in terms of what these trade deals have done by shutting down plants, shifting jobs overseas, and just literally destroying communities. So, you know, this is a very, very intense legislative effort. It's going to come back up. I mean, this is not dead by a long shot. And, um, you know, today President Trump of the FLCO put out a statement calling that we have to continue negotiations on this deal. Uh, the president needs to sit down with people like Senator Warren and, and uh, people like Sherrod Brown, and we have to make sure that we have to learn from the past. We have to learn from the history, Leslie, and make sure that issues like currency manipulation uh, uh, violations of that will exclude a, comp- a country from participating in the deal. Human rights violations, which has been, I mean, when you look at Honduras and Colombia and Korea, people we have trade agreements with, and we see the conditions of workers in that country in terms of driving down costs. And then when we look at labor standards and seeing what have happened to people where we have historically done these trade deals, Colombia, for example, uh, where more trade union is killed than any other part of the world. Uh, when we look and see the violations that some of these countries engage in in order to manipulate costs, abuse human rights, and to destroy labor standards, then we think the president needs to open up the discussion and make sure that certain safeguards are put in that agreement in order to protect the American workers and be able to protect American com- uh, companies and communities. So this is a very, very intense argument. Uh, we hope that uh, those members of Congress who support uh, the position of Senator Warren and Senator Brown will stick together and simply demand that the president open up the process and make sure that there are some safeguards in these bills to protect American workers and American communities. Let's take some calls in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Kevin joins us line five. Hi, Kevin. Good afternoon. Question or comment for our guest, Mr. Fred Redmond from the USW. Well, I got an email from Obama asking me to join up and show some some support for him and that he understands the skepticism based upon past trade agreements. And and the back of my mind is like, I've never heard you speak out against anything like NAFTA or CAFTA. And are these trade agreements permanent, or could we, by, by congressional fiat or somehow, back out of something like NAFTA? Because 
they obviously lost us jobs, sent us over. I was looking up some of these tribunals and the like the MTBE case when Canada sued California for trying to ban MTBE as an additive in gasoline. And um, apparently California won that one, but I thought there was another one where Chevron sued Canada for not allowing them to bring the gas with MTBE back into Canada. And that's where Canada lost, and now they have to face the pollution from that getting into their groundwater if it happens, which is like, it ain't going away anytime soon. Yeah, well, you had a very good uh, 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 topic on one of the flaws in these trade deals is the issue of enforcement. You know, what happens is when a company is is brought up to be in violation of any particular aspect of a trade agreement, then the investigation is done by the U.S. trade ambassador, and upon the findings of the ambassador, then the case, the U.S. could take the uh, case uh, to the WTO. Now, that's another problem because the WTO is just that, a tribunal that operates in secret whose findings uh, or whose investigation is not made public, and they render decisions on whether or not these agreements have been violated. But we must keep in mind that countries like Colombia, companies like Korea, and companies like like, like, uh, Indonesia and Honduras and Guatemala, who the United States have trade deals with, they they openly violate human rights conditions, labor conditions, because those are not aspects of the trade deals. Right. Unless you point to the trade agreement to show where there's a particular violation, then it's not enforced. Well, th- uh, um, thank. Uh, go ahead, caller. Go ahead. There was there was another case in Korea. I think Leo Gerard was talking about this, where they made a completely separate foundry and steel factory, so they could say, "Well, we don't sell this in Korea and out of Korea, so we bypass the rules." These these the enforcement just it gets really weird, and the fact that it's the corporations who are going to be profiting who have been invited to the table to write thing, these things up is why I'm siding with Elizabeth Warren against, like, the anti, the, the lack of transparency in these things. Do you have any answer as to whether or not we could back out of something like NAFTA? Are they, is, is there a way to end them? Well, if you, you yeah, I mean, you know, the uh, uh, president, because those deals that you refer to was passed through fast-track authority, which this president is trying to get now. And the only way that you could bag up, bag out of those deals is through a majority of Congress. But it would take the sitting president to, uh, you know, sign off on the deal, off of these deals. But, yeah, there is a mechanism to get out. But uh, as far as my knowledge is concerned, it has never happened. Uh, that's how come we feel as though, just like we, we feel as you do and as Senator Warren and Senator Brown do, is that these processes need to be, uh, transparent, they need to be open so that mechanisms can be put in the trade deal or rules can be put in the trade deal that could be enforceable. But to my knowledge, we have never got out of a trade deal, but there is mechanisms to get out, but it would have to include a vote by a majority of the Congress, and uh, it would have to include action being taken by the president. Uh, Mr. Redman, as our producers have shared with you and as well as me, let's share with our listeners. Sure. Um, we uh, have some breaking news regarding what we are talking about. 
Uh, the president is now poised to get the Senate support for his free, free trade initiative after all. But uh, everybody has to hear what's going on because it's very confusing uh, to people that aren't uh, in the know inside the beltway. Um, yesterday, he suffered an embarrassing setback. His own party, the Democrats, rebuked him on a major trade bill. Senate leaders are now saying they've struck a deal to move forward on the measure. Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and top Democrat Harry Reid announced the deal on the Senate floor this afternoon. The chamber has scheduled a crucial procedural vote for 2 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow on whether to move forward with trade promotion authority. Now, that would allow the president to submit the 12-country Trans-Pacific Partnership to Congress for a vote without amendments, which trade negotiators say is critical to convincing other countries' leaders to sign off on the deal without fretting lawmakers will later try to change it. First, though, the Senate will give Democrats votes on several other measures that they have demanded as a condition for taking up trade promotion authority. Now, one of those is an extension of an African trade preferences program that is uncontroversial. Another would give trade officials new enforcement mechanisms to crack down on countries that devalue their currency, that's currency manipulation, in order to give their products a price advantage in the U.S. Uh, would have been a poison pill if it was lumped into TPP. We're going to talk about this more when we return. Don't go away. We are back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back. Only True Democracy in Talk Radio of Four and by you, the people. International Vice President of Human Affairs for the United Steelworkers, Mr. Fred Redmond, is our guest. Mr. Redmond, thank you for holding and welcome back. Now, we were talking about the uh, latest that the uh, Senate is going to give Democrats votes on several other measures that they've demanded as a condition for taking up trade promotion authority. Uh, Mr. Redmond, what would you like um, to uh, add uh, to this? Because originally what we had was four separate bills bundled at the request and behest of Senator Harry Reid. And Senator Mitch McConnell did not want that currency manipulation uh, you know, where people would al- be allowed to vote about, uh, about countries cracking down uh, right. or we cracking down on other countries devaluing their currency. Um, but now it would seem a- a- as a separate bill, negotiators see it as far less uh, problematic. So where does this lead TPP on the whole and uh, we the people, because obviously, you know, people and American people and jobs and communities are what we care and are, are most concerned about being sure. affected. Sure. Let me just take a couple of minutes, Leslie, and try to put this in perspective, because as you stated, this is somewhat of a complicated issue. What the president was originally asking for was what's known as fast-track authority, where there's no amendments on the trade bill that Congress can make. The bill, as negotiated by the president, is either voted up or down, and, and those votes take place before the bill is disclosed. This is what uh, Senator Warren, Senator Brown, and uh, organized labor and progressives around this country was against because the way these bills had turned out in the past and the way that they affected communities and the American workers. Now, the development that has took place is literally while we were on the, uh, on the air, uh, went down exactly as you explained it. But let me just explain for a minute the uh, importance of this development. First of all, what we have seen in recent trade agreements, particularly with China, how currency manipulation have really, really damaged uh, trade uh, uh, exports with American manufacturers in this country because what happens is 
and the Chinese government, along with other countries, but the Chinese have been more notorious on this. What they do is devalue the price of their currency in order to place their goods on market at a cheaper cost, lower than the American manufacturers and other manufacturers. So that's called currency manipulation. And that's been one of the biggest uh, impacts on these trade agreements to American workers. So with this development now, it appears that they're going to have a debate, going to have a discussion, and hopefully pass legislation that will protect, hopefully, American workers against the old issue of currency manipulation. Now, uh, McConnell wanted to bundle all four bills together because, according to the president and according to uh, some of the proponents of, of TPP, the currency manipulation piece is a serious piece, is a serious part of the bill to our trading partners. They look at currency manipulation the same way the same practice that we do in America when we print money, okay? They look at it as not being a violation of any rules under their particular systems. So what this development do, if we get some leadership on a strong uh, uh, currency manipulation bill, could, you know, uh, 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 change the way that some folks look at uh, this TPP. So I'm being optimistic. But uh, currency manipulation have been one of the critical aspects of these trade agreements that have damaged workers in the past. And by uh, by now removing the fast-track authority and having this debate on that aspect of the trade agreement is huge. And then number two, let me just say this. In past trade agreements, they have been negotiated certain amount of monies that will go to retraining workers that displaced by foreign trade. Uh, that's that's, that's uh, affected because they either lost their jobs, they got laid off because trade agreements have affected their facilities and affected their production, and they've been laid off or either lost their jobs because their facilities have shut down. But what we have seen happen is once these trade agreements go into effect, Okay, we've seen this Congress chip away at that funding and chip away at that funding during every budget session while the money is not there, okay, to adequately retrain workers uh, to go into the workplaces in the future in order to retain employment. So, you know, this development is huge. It goes against the president's insistence on fast-track authority, and we have to see what happens here. But, uh, you know, this is a huge development, uh, you know, regarding the TPP. And this is precedent-setting because these sort of discussions were not held in terms of currency manipulation, uh, having discussions on getting a real agreement on job retraining. Uh, These discussions and these separate bills have not accompanied other trade bills like Korea, like CAFTA, like NAFTA. So we'll see what happens, but this is a huge development. And a huge development, obviously, in a positive, in less than a 24-hour turnaround, 
uh, which shows the players as well as the president uh, where representation for this nation stands on this deal and the different aspects of this deal broken down into those four categories or four bills. Absolutely, and I think that uh, we are at this point now because of the uh, voice of the people, people like your viewers and, and, and people around this country who understand the devastation these trade deals have done to communities and to jobs in America by the outpouring of calls to their respective Congress people, by letting their voices be heard with this administration, by uh, uh, outspoken uh, 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 representatives of, of, of the Congress like Senator Warren and Senator Brown, who have been consistent on approaching these trade deals without fast-track authority and having an open, transparent system so that people's voices could be heard. And uh, this is a huge development, and we hope that uh, this development can at least protect the American worker and put some safeguards, particularly in the area of currency manipulation. And we could uh, hopefully see some real, real resources put in to uh, retrain workers for the 21st century workplace who may happen to be harmed by this uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Did the Democrats, in your opinion, Mr. Redmond, holding um, steadfast yesterday, uh, bring this about today for the best in, in best interest of the American people with regard to uh, these four provisions that originally were to be bundled? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I think that the position that the Democrats took in the Senate by holding together and letting the president know that uh, they're not going to be uh, representatives who are going to just rubber stamp any bill that a president, even though this president has been good to, uh, I think, uh, organized labor think as a whole, uh, has been good for American workers. Uh, his philosophy in terms of trade is flawed. Uh, is, is, is not substantiated by recent trade deals. And I think the courage of those um, senators to push back on a very, very aggressive lobbying effort by the president has brought us to this moment. Calls, tweets will be coming to. Uh, first, wanted to share this from Mike Johnson on Twitter. Um, he said uh, they know it's going to hurt Americans, and he wanted to know, Mr. Redmond, is it true there's a provision to, tr- quote, train and provide financial aid for those people who lose jobs as a result of this trade bill? Well, uh, there's – well, see, because the bill was not fully disclosed because of the lack of transparency, the president said that there was uh, – the president said we have no reason to doubt that uh, there was some provisions in the original talks that has been taking place to retrain workers who may lose their job or be displaced by this trade deal. But now that uh, this issue is going before the Senate, it's our hopes that we could get a retraining bill passed by the Senate with some real teeth in it that's going to guarantee that future Congresses cannot come back. Okay? And, um, um, you know, uh, shift that money around to other projects without meeting their commitment to retrain the workers who may unfortunately get hurt by this trade deal. We're so, going to take – oh, go ahead, Mr. Redmond. Uh, so I, 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 I'm just going to say the proof is in the pudding. You know, we would hope that uh, out of this development, instead of retraining bill uh, surfaces, 
that won't be like the other training bills where Congress also have a right every year to chip away at it. Take a quick break. When we come back, we'll take your calls. One more segment with Mr. Redmond from the United Steelworkers. Pick up the phone and join us, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Follow me on Twitter, at Leslie Marshall, to share your tweets. I hope that you will also follow the USW, at USW Blogger. And in addition, uh, that would be to follow USW President Leo Girard. Check out their websites, USW.org. We're back with Fred Redmond, International Vice President for Human Affairs for the United Steelworkers. Mr. Redmond and I are talking about Fast Track and the TPP uh, trade deal. A lot of questions, and if you have calls, last segment in this hour, it goes by fast, 888-6LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number. Uh, a lot of action on Twitter as well. Follow me there, at Leslie Marshall, and follow uh, Leo Gerard, president, at USW uh, Blogger. Frank tweets, Mr. Redman, I didn't support NAFTA, and I wouldn't support any agreement if no jobs were created for Americans here in America. Do you think it's this deal, but also once bitten, twice shy, or more than one time bitten, especially starting with NAFTA, when we saw the result and the imbalance of job creation elsewhere as opposed to job creation here in America as a result of those deals. That yeah, sours absolutely. people and poisons their minds, in a sense, to these kinds of deals now. Yeah, absolutely. We lost uh, uh, over a million manufacturing jobs uh, in the NAFTA agreement alone throughout this country, where we saw U.S. manufacturers uh, moving jobs offshore. Uh, into cheaper markets, and it was all about a race to the bottom. And then we have seen uh, jobs that have went to Mexico under the NAFTA agreement, going to Korea, uh, and going to places like China, where the wages are lower than they are in Mexico. Look, this whole issue of trade, and even with the developments today with the TPP, this fight is a long way from being over. Uh, we hope that the developments today at least engage us in, 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 into a debate on issues like currency manipulation, issues like job retraining opportunities, and uh, hopefully like issues like labor rights and human rights. So, you know, for all practical purposes, now the agreement is open to some debate and some discussion. But we still have a long way to go. So I would encourage all your listeners to continue to voice their uh, opposition against these trade bills and acts and to push for regulations to be included in the bill that to protect American workers because uh, this fight is just beginning. And even with the developments today, we have a long way to go. Most definitely. Um, we uh, have a lot of people and a lot of action uh, on Twitter here. Um, David tweets, David Dennis, Currency manipulation, yes, slowly but surely markets expand. Common currency, um, uh, for the, he's using the euro as an example. He thinks the euro, the EU, the euro is a failed effort. Any comments on that? And that was in response to us asking if he would and others would support TPP if it included a strong currency manipulation provision or if there would be no way of, they would support it at all regardless of that. Well, I, I think that there um – well, first of all, I don't totally agree with the uh, with the tweeters' um, uh, view on the euro. I, I think that uh, the European Union has been slow to recover from the um, from the uh, economic downturn. Uh, 
but I think in all for all practical purposes, the euro is uh, still strong. It's still um, a, a, a piece of uh, of the world that don't manipulate their currency and uh, have a tendency to play by the rules in terms of trade agreements. But uh, in regards to whether or not we would support a trade bill if it has strong currency manipulation, that remains to be seen. I mean, the proof will be in the pudding. Um, you know, that's that's a hard statement to comment on because we would have to actual, actually see the enforcement mechanism, uh, what would happen to a country if they do uh, manipulate their currency. And then it remains to be seen with this debate that's forthcoming, the position on the partners who's engaged in the TPP discussion on whether or not they would agree to such restrictions that could come out of this uh, discussion with the U.S. Congress. So, you know, these are questions that remains to be seen, but we cannot, but, but we also cannot uh, substitute currency manipulation uh, for enforcement of labor and human rights. Uh, with these countries uh, around the world that's involved in this uh, Trans-Pacific Partnership. Um, most definitely. Let's take some calls. 888-6-LESLIE, 888-653-7543. Paul is in New Mexico as well on Line 5. Hey, Paul, good afternoon. Question or comment? Yeah, appreciate the discussion. Um, is anybody else out there talking about um, bringing back tariffs? other than Tom Hartman that reminds us that our country was founded on terror, you know, that we got, we were being uh, punished by the East Indian Corporation leading to the Boston Tea Party. It seems like we don't really defend our um, sovereignty when it comes to trade. We just hand it all out to the corporations because ultimately this is a, this is a, a gift to corporations. Look, you, you, you're exactly right. I would not disagree with your statement. Uh, one of the things that these trade agreements does is relinquish countries to uh, have to pay any sort of tariffs to their trading partners. Uh, tariffs can be invoked. The steelworkers have filed 14 trade cases in the last seven years. And, um, you know, out of 14 trade cases, we won 14 trade cases. Tariffs have been invoked in coated free sheet paper, in tire, and steel tubing. Uh, you know, we have got tariffs uh, invoked. The problem with the system is you cannot file a claim and ask the tariffs be invoked to slow down trade. Uh, you cannot ask for that unless you, until you can prove that the industry has been damaged. So, an example, in, in uh, coated free sheet paper, we lost over 3,000 jobs in the paper industry before we was able to file a case to show that there's been damage. So what I'm saying is the system, the enforcement mechanism is totally flawed. The system is rigged, okay? And, uh, you know, we have to find another way in order to enforce compliance with these trade agreements. But tariffs can only be argued once there have been damage done. And a lot of times, even after they invoke the tariffs, if you win the case, the damage is uh, irreparable. Another uh, thank you, caller. Another uh, tweet uh, quickly is uh, Krista, who says she would not support uh, TPP if it included a strong currency manipulation provision. Uh, she said uh, because of the track record of the trade deficits and jobs loss associated with trade deals and other reasons like human rights violators. Quickly, less than a minute, Mr. Redmond. 
And I think that your caller have a lot of supporters. Uh, a lot of people will support you, uh, uh, that caller's position. Uh, you know, currency manipulation, I was trying to explain, has been one of the uh, uh, biggest uh, enemies of uh, jobs here in America, the way that countries like China has manipulated its currency. But when we look at the other issues that the caller raised, human rights, labor rights, and those sort of standards, these trade deals still have been proven to be not good for the Americans. Absolutely, Mr. Redmond. Thank you. Mr. Fred Redmond, International VP of Human Affairs for the U.S. This is no ordinary sub shop. This is Firehouse Subs. Welcome to Firehouse. Tired of overpriced lunches that under-deliver on flavor? Head to Firehouse Subs, where for a limited time, you can get a $4.99 choice sub. Choose from a medium smoked turkey, Virginia honey ham, or roast beef. They're custom-made hot subs at a price ready-made to make you smile. Just $4.99, only at Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs, save more lives. Participating locations plus tax limited time offer prices may vary for delivery. There's nothing better for your health than good sleep. That's why Haverty's Furniture has partnered with the Scott Brothers to offer Scott Living Mattresses, now $250 off. Expect no pressure, just support from the Haverty's Sleep Experts. Tap now or visit Haverty's.com. 